guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show, man. We're doing it live right now, guys. I've been on a hiatus, I know. I know, I know. I'm going live tomorrow morning, too. So, guys, I don't want you to be away from me for so long, but here I am. I am literally sitting outside. Uh, no, I'm not sitting outside, but this cloud cover is insane. I don't know what's happening, but there are some low clouds moving right into the region, and baby, I think we gonna be coming up on that rainy season real, real soon. So, anyways, guys, so many different things to talk about, so many different things to dive into. Um, you know, I should just do a podcast to update my life, but I'll probably do like different like lives and stuff on Instagram, or possibly even on Periscope too, because there are a lot of people that tune into me on over there. Um, so yeah, I don't want to get into it so much. On this one, but I do want to talk about three the three different types of relationships. Why am I going to talk about this again? Oh, after maybe two or three years of not talking about it, it's because people have been looking it up on my website because I've been seeing people key in different key. Uh, what is it like searches? They're keying in different words and different searches so they could figure out and possibly try to compartmentalize. Okay, big word for you. Try to factor in and see if you can connect the dots from the past because sometimes things drive us crazy. Am I lying? Like, am I, am I going crazy? Like, things have a tendency of driving us crazy. We always say, what if, what happened with that relationship? Why did everything go sour? It's because the purpose. So guys, I'm going to give you this one. I'm going to give you a life-given one that has just happened to me recently. So there were, uh, I meet a number of different people at the gym and whatnot, and I remember, um, not remember, but there was a a girl who had come in, right? And she is a tomboy. Now, I don't know about you guys, but out there in America, tomboys are not the greatest looking individuals, right? They're very, I remember I had a friend, what is it, a friend, Elisa. She went to school, nursing school with this, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, so I don't like labels, you know what I mean, I just, it, people prefer different things, that's all, just don't be racist about it, like Thai women, but anyways, that's another topic for another day, but this girl, right, one of Elise's friends, she was the meanest B-word fucking bitch that I've ever met in my life, like, she saw her at the movie theater, this was April, right, back in April of 2017, and we met coincidentally, right? It was a happenstance. And I'm like, oh, okay, so these are your friends. And Elisa didn't introduce me because Elisa obviously isn't that great at people skills. She could attest to that, but she doesn't really listen to my podcast. So leave it the fuck at that. Uh, but those two women, of course, they were girlfriend and girlfriend. Perfectly fine. But the way that one did me, because there's always one that's very manly in a relationship in America and one that's very uh, woman-like. Well, the woman-like... The, they, they, they hold these significant, like these very vile grudges towards men because in America, I guess a lot of women like women. It's not because it's a preference. It's because that they have been abused by a man. I'm not going to say all, but this, these are the things that I've seen throughout my life. So the woman, one of the girls, not the one that looked very angry, but not, well, not very angry, but this one, she literally gave me the biggest cold shoulder and have her back towards me the entire time while Elisa was talking to me. I can't really explain the angle of anything, and I don't even know why I'm giving you guys this, but we're talking about tomboys, and I'm going to get into that life-giving relationship. But that's how she did me, okay? It was the rudest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, she hated me so much as a male, as a male, 
that she literally turned her back on me and spoke to my friend Elisa and didn't say a word to me. In American culture, that would have never happened. Normally, we would introduce one another. Now, if you have a friend at the time and she doesn't really know how the fuck to introduce anyone, okay, whatever it is, what it is. But for her, that monster to do that? Oh, hell no. I said, oh, hell no. So, guys, now going into tomboys here in Thailand, the ones with short hairs, they are breathtaking. Some of these women, I don't know what it is, but they're just gorgeous to the soul. It is so crazy. I don't know what it is, but anyways... So I see this girl for the first time in the gym, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've never seen her before. You know, she's got short hair and everything, and she reminds me a lot of the other trainers. So, you know, I'm over here trying to spring up some conversations and this and that, and then, you know, she's speaking English, and I heard her using some slang, and I'm like, hey, did you study abroad or anything? And she's like, no, I actually watch Netflix, and, you know, I love Black Panther, and this and that, and we had a really amazing conversation. And it felt like she made me realize that not only do I still have it, but don't put any, don't put everyone in a box. See, sometimes there's that individual that comes into your life to give you that life, to make you realize and put things into perspective, not to hate the whole motherfucking world, kind of like how I sound like when I actually talk about these women out here. But her, as gorgeous as she was from top to bottom, I'm talking about her soul. She made me realize that... Psh, what are you talking about? Oh, man. She's like, man, I love brothers. She said it. She said, man, I think they are gorgeous. I said, oh, my God. I fell right on my knees. I said, Jesus. But see, I'm not even religious. But I'm just trying to put, the, put things into perspective for you guys. A life-giving relationship is one where someone comes into your life and they make you realize or they give you something. That is, 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 you know, making you realize that you still have it, right? Like, you still have the good. It could be for one day. Well, it could be for, you know, what is it, one week or this or that. It's not too combustive, right? Now, some people will go so far, like Lisa Nichols, she would say that. She would say, sometimes these life-giving relationships, they come into your life, they make a lot of noise, they stir things up, and then they leave. Absolutely. This is what I call the branches on a tree. Because sometimes when branches break off, they leave you high and dry, right? Next thing you know, you're over here looking for nutrients, and you have to go, you know, do something over here to bring something back to this branch because this branch is over here healing. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking metaphorically, like from well, from a tree standpoint. From a tree's standpoint is what I'm talking about. This is crazy. You guys are like, damn, we're talking about trees right now. You talking about trees? Yes, I'm talking about fucking trees. All right, and so some of these life giving relationships, like I told you guys about, Unita. Unita came into my life in 2009 of February. Didn't like her whatsoever because I thought she was completely being rude to the waitress. But it wasn't her. It was this other punk-ass girl who, of course, I hold no grudges to uh, against. And she's, like, probably knocking on a half-century year old, uh, half-century, uh, half-century year old, Mark? Whatever you want to call that. But anyways, yeah. So, but Unita came into my life because she had to fulfill a purpose. This is a purposeful relationship is the next one I'm coming into. See, a purposeful relationship, guys, that means that someone had to fulfill a purpose. They came into your life for something. But sometimes it's going to be very difficult to piece it together at the time of it happening. You just got to go with life. You just got to go with everything. But I could tell you right now that at one specific moment, everything's going to change. 
Now, of course, you got your lifetime relationships, okay? Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, hey, sometimes you meet them 60 years, 70 years, amazing. My best friend, Andre, that's a lifetime relationship because I know both him and I, one of us are going to bury the other. That's a beautiful thing to know. Like, damn, Andre, man, like, Andre, man, we made it. And I'm on death's bed. I'm 95. And he's like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? One of us are going to bury the other. (sighs) That's a beautiful thing, too. And that's what I'm so grateful for. But going back into the purposeful relationship, when it takes a turn, you're going to realize it. Like, the energy, the everything is just going to completely shift. So it's very difficult because going back to the story with the tomboy, right? I'm like, dude, she could be a total cool friend. And then all of a sudden, a week later, I see her in the gym and she completely cold shoulders me. Doesn't say a word. And I'm just up in arms like, whoa, what? Huh? How did that? What's going on? And that was the end of it. And I was like, damn. So was that a lifetime or was that a purposeful? Well, like... Was she put into my life to show me a purpose? No, it was just a life, it was a life-giving relationship. But for you, the purpose, and going back to that story with Unita, she came into my life officially at the beginning of April. Now, I told you guys February, but when we had become friends and we, like, it was a badge of fucking honor, was when she called me before the national championship between Michigan State the Spartans, and the North Carolina Tar Heels 2009 NCAA Basketball Championship. And she said, Arsenio, man, hey, let's get some food. I said, oh, well, I finished class at, ooh, what time did I finish class? It had to be around, had to be about 7.30, between 6 and 7.30, because I remember the game started at about, damn, 6? Man, I had to start up. Man, I can't remember. Yeah, I think the game finished at about 8, and she picked me up at the college. She drove all the way from a place called Warm Springs in Vegas. I still remember the name, although it's been seven years. She drove probably about 30 kilometers all the way to my side of the town to pick me up to take me to P.F. Chang's, a fantastic Chinese restaurant. And we sat there, and we talked about so many things. We talked about things that had happened to us in relationships. She was overcoming one by the, with a guy by the name of Nick, who she loved so much. And I was I had just well was in the process, or this was actually the this was the stake in the ground. This was like the last part of me overcoming my previous relationship with the girl by the name of Christine. You know, she's the my first love back in early college years. You know what I mean? So we did everything together. We slept together. No, not necessarily slept. We only, like, took a nap for about 10 minutes. Uh, but, it, you know, she she taught me about new beds. You know, I ended up investing in a new bed, and then I ended up having the best sleep of my life from 2009 up till 2011 before I left to Australia. Um, we learned about so many things. We went out. We drank together. She rang in my 21st. Man, I almost had alcohol poisoning. She rang in my 21st, my 21st, uh, what is that? That 21st birthday. Man, my dumbass, man, I took three shots at Don Julio before I even left her house. She was literally renting a room within a house. Now, this was back, this was the thing back in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, people would just rent things out. Like, just rent out a house, just like that. And I'm like, you know what? This is very, very odd. Like, I mean, it doesn't make any sense because here's this owner, this big old, you know, the big fat dude, you know, 
And she goes in and she just rents out a room and then someone else rents out another room. This is when couch surfing was also the thing. I don't know if people are still doing that. I think they are. But, you know, I'm like, dude. And she started telling me these stories. She's like, man, you know, for the first time I met this, uh, you know, I met this girl. She was Australian, but she, uh, well, she was Australian, but she had a Chinese heritage. So it was very interesting hearing her accent and saying, oh, my God, you're from Australia, but you look Chinese. And guess what? The first person I ever met from Australia was Chinese Australian, exactly how she put it. I'm telling you guys, all these events just lined up, but to say all of that, the hanging out, the drinking together, the working out, we ran competitions together. Guys, we did everything together. We were going to go to the Western Conference uh, uh, Finals. I think it was like Game 3 or Game 4, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the Staples Centers in Los Angeles when the Lakers were hot and they ended up winning the championship that year. And going back to that championship night, kind of funny. How that foreshadowing happened. See, the beginning of a relationship and the end of a relationship. The beginning was the NCAA championship game. And the last one, or the end of our relationship, was the NBA game six. Or was it game five? Game five of the NBA finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Orlando Magic. And that was the end. It was a big argument. And she was like... Uh, I don't know. She sent me a message. It was a, it was a ridiculous thing, but she was like, da 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 da. You you need to let me know if you still want to hang. And I was like, who the hell you think you talking to? My pride kicked in. I was like, man, you ain't gonna talk to me all crazy like you out your goddamn mind. And it's crazy because she ended up um, sending me like a message saying, are we good? And then I said something, but then. She was like, well, yeah, I think you are this and that. And I said something. She called me and she was screaming at the top of her lungs. Like she was so angry, like saying, fuck you. It, it was the craziest thing ever. Like, I don't even remember what I said. It wasn't even something bad. But I think at that specific moment, I realized that she did like me. And I liked her a lot. And I wanted to pursue something more. I don't know why. But I had those feelings for her at that time. But nonetheless, guys, that was the end of a relationship. You could only imagine doing something with someone forever. I'm talking forever and a one. And then all of it just coming to an end. And you're like, damn, this is the person I talk to every day. I do, I went out with. I did this with. I did that with. And, you know, this happened probably about four weeks after I had booked a trip to Australia. And so when that relationship ended, um, I still remember. Because I went home that evening, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sitting on my mom's bed. You know, uh, I think my mom's downstairs because she had broken her ankle, so she couldn't go up the steps too often. So I'm living in her bedroom, and I'm, I'm over here trying to talk to this guy named by the name of David Horn. And it's so funny because I try adding David probably about between the last four and six years, I try adding him onto my uh, – what is it, onto my Facebook, and I was like, hey, da 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 and he was like being really rude, he's like, well, what the hell are you doing in Bangkok, the same reason you're in Bangkok, or something rude, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Bangkok pursuing my goddamn dreams, what are you doing, goodbye, and I blocked him, don't get the, uh, yeah, no parasites, but at that time, David helped me, because in 2009, this, of course, David, you know, him and his brothers, and even his sister, they, they go way, way back, we're talking 1996, 1997, way back, and David, he was actually one of the very few people who helped me. And he said, Arsenio, why would you give a damn about a grimy ass individual? Because I was telling him, I was like, man, I just had an argument with one of my friends that I did everything with. What am I supposed to do now? He's like, why would you care and invest so much about a grimy ass individual? 
it was something in the terms of that. Of course, I'm, you know, put my words into context and everything, but it made me realize, oh, wow, that's it. And I swear, I never thought of you need it again. And that was the end. Why? Because maybe, was it because I had booked a trip and this and that and I was going to Australia and all these things were happening? Maybe, just maybe. But maybe it's because I was looking at a bigger picture thing. See, Unita had come into my life because she needed to help me get over my ex-girlfriend. She was the stake. The other girl by the name of Chandra, who I met the previous year in October. Yeah, she was the one that built everything up. But then next thing you know, our purposeful relationship kind of just went completely sour uh, in March. Well, I wouldn't say, no, but that was in July when the Transformers number two came out. But in, in March, you know, we used to do everything together. And then she vanished. Then Unita came. We started doing everything together. And then Chandra and I met again, and it just wasn't the same. And then next, you know, there was a little bit of a problem that had happened. I forgot what it was, but I never spoke to her again. I think I tried messaging her later on that year in October of 2009, but that was it. But going back to the thing, guys, purpose, if I'm able to connect all the dots from all the relationship I've ever, all the relationships I've ever had, there is a link between them all. And I'm not talking about there's a bad link or a good link. No, I could see where my life went after they had left. Because it's kind of like I had to graduate from some of these people because they were no longer serving me. Unita went from being a really good friend to being someone who was very combustive, like a goddamn Bunsen burner. At any given moment, you could light a match in that bitch and that whole place would just go up in flames. So she went from being very supportive to being very toxic. Too much noise, had to cut her off, boom. But two months later, in July 22nd, that's when I flew to Australia. By the time I came back, I was a completely different human being, and I was never the same since. If I look at all these purposeful relationships, especially the things that have happened to me in my, you know, there was a life-given relationship I had about three years ago with a girl named Zern. Remember, you guys probably, for anyone who listens to me, like Clifton, Long Beach, and Ashburn, you guys know the podcast with Zern if you guys have listened to it. And Zern, if you guys haven't, just put Arsenio Buck Show Zern Purpose on Google, and that should come up. Um... Zern was one of those girls that ended up messaging me. It was on, I hate to say, I'm not even going to say the word, but it was on one of those, you know, networking, those applications that you can meet folks, right? And she messaged me out of nowhere and I'm looking at her photos and I'm like, oh my God, she's tall. She's a white skinned tie. It looks like she has an amazing job and she is gorgeous. What is she messaging me for? You know what I mean? Like all my stuff, that self doubt was so loud back then. But then I'm like, man, she's fake. And so we're talking. She's like, you have a number and this and that. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then at one point, I thought she was still fake until we actually finally met. And it's so funny because I told her, I was like, hey, how about you come over for some dinner? I'll cook you some dinner. She's like, okay. I'm like, what? You're going to come down here? She's like, yeah, absolutely. I live right down the road from you. Not really. Uh, probably about like ugh, a hell of a lot of traffic away. But she came and Wow. You know, that's when everything happened. But then it was just so much noise. I thought it was a, I thought it was a life-given relationship. But then I realized it was, well, yeah, it was just a life-given relationship. But again, she was like Unita. She went from being very supportive and very happy and high energy to being toxic. And then that's when I had to say, okay, well, that's the end. And that's what you have to do, people. 
you know, I'm not saying cut people off, but if you're able to, again, go back to that big word, compartmentalize and look at some of the relationships in your life and to give yourself closure, you'll be able to look at a couple of them and say, oh, damn. Well, you know, if when Chandra ended, who came into my life? Unita. Okay. Well, not necessarily because Chandra just went away. Then Unita came back. Chandra came back around and we went out drinking and this and that and we had some good times. That was okay. Uh, but, you know, by that time when June rolled around and everything, July, August, Chandra was gone for good. So after Unita was gone and Chandra was gone, who did I have? Satomi. Because Satomi was out there in Australia when I visited her. But then Satomi put me in a really, I, I was so attached and I loved Satomi so much. So, so much. That I was constantly wanting to know what she was doing and this and that. And back, back then, guys, Facebook was trash. MySpace was still the thing. There weren't any, like, FaceTime or we, oh, we only had Skype. We didn't have Line Messenger. We can't send photos. We can't send videos. We can't send voice notes. We can't send any of that shit like we can today. There's no excuse for fucking relationships failing today. So, Satomi, she left, but who was there to back me up? Jessica Zamora. Who's Jessica Zamora? She just messaged me. You know, we added each other. She added me back in, like, I think 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And Jessica and I, man, we went to dental assistant school together. We graduated together. We walked that damn, we, we walked that red carpet together. You know, that little minor that I did. And so, um, you know, she just messaged me a week ago saying, oh, my God, my aunt just paid me for a full trip. I'm going to fucking Bora Bora. I think it's Bora Bora or Tahiti. So I'm over here messaging her. I'm like, oh, yeah, do this and do that. And it's going to be good and all this and that. And so, oh, man, these are some good times, man. There's always someone. And uh, uh, listen, it's not always going to be the, there's not always going to be someone there. Like here in Thailand, there's no one. Arsenio Buck is his own back, uh, you know, backbone. Because when Zern left and I blocked her and that was the end. And I said, OK, you know what, man, this is uh, I just I, I can't be around her anymore. You know, when why? Why doesn't listen to my podcast anymore? But, you know, why? Who I just literally messaged right before this. She was my ex three years ago. Now she she has a fiance. She's living in Australia doing amazing things. It's crazy. People would say, oh, my God, you still talk to your ex-girlfriend? Why and I? Oh, that's a long story. That's a, that's another story for another day. But why and I, man, we went from being in a relationship to her dumping me. It was the worst thing ever. And then after that, I blocked her and we didn't speak for about eight months. But see, after those eight months, you come back and that's when the rebirth happens. That's when we became, you know, that's when we became strictly friends. There was no more any of that. I don't know. I can't say you can do it with everyone, but I'm not saying you have to go back and do these things. But I'm just saying, people, that closure, man, if you can do this, please do. Please do this. Because having that closure is everything. That's all there is to it. I could look back that 2009 year, man. You had Julie Stapleton. I still remember her name. She had she had kids and everything, and she was a wonderful girl. Then I had the redhead girl. Oh my god, what was her name? Oh my god, she was so fucking cool, like the coolest girl ever. Beautiful eyes, redhead. She was like African American, Caucasian, and so many different things. And then you had a uh, Claudia. I think that was her name. Or Cecilia, there we go, where we had these crazy-ass nights getting drunk and this, oh my, guys, 2009, 
was one of the most glorious years of my uh, my life because in 2009 I went from getting dumped from uh, not once but twice to Tommy. She left me, got into a relationship with a guy who abused her for the next two years. Crazy, huh? She left something good for something vile. It's not her fault. And I'm not going to say, hey, well, absolutely not. I'll never say no one deserves anything like that. But there's a lot of things to consider within that, within that context. And she left me because who knows what had happened. That's based on her. That was her decision. She's going to have to live by that. But luckily, I think she's doing great now. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in 10 years, a decade. Um, but Christine left me. First girlfriend I ever had. 2007 to 2008 was the end. And then she just completely just blew me off. It was so funny. Uh, those are good ties. I love it. <laughs> Man, I just love looking back. Those are glorious moments. But she left me. Chandra came. You need a cane. Satomi, I met her, Australia. Satomi left, but I kept Australia in my mind. I said, I'm not, I'm going to Australia because I love Australia. Went there again in March. Had a friend, Sandra, there from Indonesia, but she's been living in Australia for quite some time now. And Sandra, it, uh, you know, I met her through some kind of Facebook group because we were talking about Euro and Germany versus Spain back in 2008. And so her and I, and then I met one of her friends named Vanessa Tardia. I still remember her name, but she, I don't know where she lives, but man, we used to send these, you know, these Facebook wall posts because you couldn't send messages, you couldn't comment on statuses, all those different things back in 08. Um, And Sandra and I, you know, that relationship would sour. But why was Sandra in my life? She was in my life because she was like Arsenia. I think you should check out Melbourne. Listen, I know what happened with Satomi and everything. Listen, I know, hey, hoes be hoes. <laughs> hoes be hoes, all right? Hoes be them hoes, all right? You know what I'm saying? But anyways, um, she said, come on out here. You'll love Melbourne. I said, okay. Got my financial aid check, did my little bit of work. I said, oh, hell yeah, I got a lot of money saved up. I'm going out there. Okay take the flight i don't even know what flight i took united airlines don't ever take united airlines this is a piece of shit um flew all the way to melbourne who was there to meet me sandra it was so funny seeing her she was so short i thought she was taller but she was so short went all the way to my hotel got checked in okay arsenio this is where you're gonna be staying okay no problem all right oh my god i hated melbourne when i first went there because i wasn't a big city boy i just felt like i was just lonely and lost in a city but then when I finally lived there, it felt a little bit better. But it felt like I just wasn't going out as much. You couldn't meet people very easily, guys. This was back in 2011. Now it's fantastic. But Sandra, I saw her probably the year after in 2011. Didn't speak to her once. And it was funny. I was standing literally three feet from her. <laughs> but there was a big fallout. I don't know what the fallout was about, but we stopped talking. But Sandra was a purpose. Her purpose, she was in my life to tell me in 2010, Arsenio, come to Melbourne, I'll like it. By the time I landed and I was in that car, my mother's Hyundai, going back to my home. And I said, Mom, I'm moving to Australia next year. And I saw my mom tear up. See, that's when the purpose with Sandra was fulfilled. And, you know, when Sandra, when I met Sandra and the next, you know, she introduced me to uh, another one of her friends named Mika, who was from Mauritius. This is when I met all the Mauritian people. Mauritius is, of course, a a very, very small island that's east of Madagascar. And so 
these things, I'm able to piece them together. I'm grateful for every last one of them. From Christine coming into my life to holding it together to being that support in 2008 when I was going through so many things with my horrible brother. You know, when the whole economic collapse happened and, you know, I was trying to get money. All these different things that just took place in 2008. And, you know, going into 2009, when she left, that was it. But who came? Sean Jay was there. And then when I joined that class and I started, you know, going to the West Charleston campus, hey, that was the beginning. I met Jessica. I met this person. I met that person. Then Unita came. And these people, they helped and they guided me through those, I wouldn't call them fear storms, as Lisa Nichols would say, but I would say these were, let's call them the shit storms. Because, you know, this is when you grow as an individual. You know when the shit hits the fan, this is when the growth begins. And this is what I'm just so unbelievably excited about because I had the opportunity to meet a variety of different individuals over the course of so many different, so many years. And if I piece everything back, even Tina, I think Tina's on my Facebook still to this day. Tina, I met on this website by the name of Ty Love Links. Funny as hell. You guys are like, damn, you on those types of websites? No, back then, 2013. Because that was the beginning of the age where you could actually meet people online and meet up with them. I met Tina. Tina was 50 years old. 50. 50. 50. 5. Fuck zero. Okay? No offense to my five zero folks out there. Uh, But no, she was 50 and I was just barely like a little baby. And she was like, I live in this place called Nakonsi Tamarat. How did I meet her? I have no idea. But I must have just been messaging people everywhere. And then I added her on Facebook, and then she realized I kept posting a lot of negative things about my shitty-ass job on Facebook. And she was like, hey, man, looks, it sounds like your job sucks. You should come down here. And I said, you have a job? She said, yeah, I know somebody. First time I had cold feet, I said, nah, I think everything's good. Then it got a hell of a, it just amplified after that. And I said, okay, I'm going. So I went down there. I landed. Tina picked me up at the airport. Tina checked me into my hotel. Tina got me the copies. Tina said, okay, we got to go meet JoJo. JoJo? Was the guy, uh, he was the husband of the woman who I was going to speak to that night, that evening. So I went into this restaurant, there was Jojo. He's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, damn, what's up, Jojo, and this and that. And we're over here with all these other people and these teachers and these big people of this big town. And he's like, so you need a job, right? I said, yeah, I need a job. He said, okay, hold on. Called his wife. He said, here, talk to my wife. I said, hello, uh, Mal? She's like, yeah, are you looking for a job? I said, yeah, I mean, you know, my name's Arsenio. She's like, can you teach older guys? It's like, yeah, I've done that out there in Las Vegas already with, you know, people from Panama, El Salvador, and Mexico. You know, I've taught older pe- uh, individuals before, no problem, like, you know, teenagers. She's like, okay, man, I'll see you, uh, I'll see you October 10th. Boom. Tina was put into my life to fulfill an amazing purpose to give me a new life and dire needs. Could you imagine? I could not imagine If I had stayed there in that shitty place, oh my God. I took one of the biggest leaps at that time. I really did. When I left and went down there to the south of Thailand, it was another beginning. Then I started meeting other people. And then, of course, I finally got here and then I met, you know, it's funny because I ended up going into, boy, I'm going to make this a very long podcast. But guys, I had one of the worst English camps of my life. I haven't talked about this, but 
you guys probably never have heard of this, but there's a place called Ratchaburi, right? So there was, oh my God, and I was just looking up this email and I found it. And this place was called, basically it's an agency and they get teachers to do English camps at different big schools around Bangkok, right? So me, I don't know anything about Bangkok, but there's a guy, I think it was called the one, the one knowledge or the best knowledge, the knowledge. There we go. That was the, the agency. And I felt so bad for that Thai woman because it felt like she really wanted to do as best as she could, you know, to get things done. But I think her her back was already up against the wall because the odds were stacked against us. So here we go. We got a Filipino. We got two British folks. And then we got this Australian who's not even a teacher. We got this girl from Bhutan who spoke perfect English, by the way. Beautiful beyond belief. I wish, still wish I was her friend today. God damn it. But... And then there was another American Asian guy. And so we went to Rachaburi with the school called Wat Teplila. And I'm over here trying to be friends with these little these kids on the buses and they're just looking at me like, uh, no. And I'm like, whoa, I've never had this happen. I said, is this Bangkok? And guys, that was the worst 72 hours of my life. I really have to say that to this day. Because they they like they hated us so much. I'm not going to say all of them. Like, some of the boys, they were cool. Some, I think there were just one or two girls out of that, maybe the 400 that actually went. Dude, this place, man, it was bad. We were trying to do things that were exciting and things weren't clicking. The teachers there, they were just acting like assholes towards us. They didn't want to speak to us. They weren't giving us a schedule. And then all of a sudden, when we're trying to do something at the very end, boom. They said, hey, you know what? The kids aren't, uh, you know, they're not enthusiastic about what you guys are doing. We're going to cut you off here. And they cut us off, like right there in the beginning. And I have, I was, I had never been so mad before in my life. Like I wanted to blow up on the the students and this and that, but it wasn't so much about that. See, that was just all the bullshit that needed to be handled at that time. The relationships that formed from that was very important. See, Nicole and her boyfriend at the time, they ended up, you know, encouraging me. To stick things through and to keep my mind right and to keep battling and keep trying to find a job. The Filipino guy that had originally hired me, he hooked me up with a job at the agency, although the agency was very bullshit. But I got about three, four months salary until I finally went into that previous job, which I've mentioned on so many different occasions out there in the outskirts of Bangkok. And so... Nicole, uh, who else? The the Asian guy, uh, the Asian American guy. I didn't really like him, and there was a little bit of argument. There was an argument like towards the end and whatnot. Uh, the Australian girl, I tried hanging out with her, but again, she lived in Bangkok, and I was like, I was out there on the outskirts of Bangkok. So the relationships that formed, he gave that that Filipino guy. If I didn't go to that English camp and enduring all that bullshit of these snobby ass students, all right, in this horrible ass school. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten a job, period. Nicole, she helped me throughout those times. See, everyone in that little area. Well, as a matter, as a matter of fact, Nicole, they let me um they allowed me to sleep over a few times. They said, stay in Bangkok. Listen, we're gonna go here, we're gonna drop off some applications. I am so grateful for her and her boyfriend because they made me push forward. They really did. And so, you know, a couple of other, you know, of course, the Filipino guy, he hooked me up with the job. So I have no reason to complain. 
that was a brutal, like a brutal stretch, like 72 hours. But I learned so much about myself through those 72 hours. It's just a bullshit English camp. And not only that, probably later on that month, because that English camp was in October of 2014, one of the most difficult months of my life because I started suffering from severe depression because of the racism that was out here in Thailand. But towards the end, Nicole was like, hey, man. We need someone for an English camp. Don't worry. We're, it's going to be ran by this, not a disorganized-ass organization. We got you. This one's going to be fun. I said, okay, deal. We went all the way to a place where the big mass shooting just happened. It's called Korat, right? So we went to this little place, and then the two schools came from other small provinces by the name of Roy Ed and Sudin. So they came down there. Them fucking students were amazing. That was one that was one of the funnest camps. Those kids were animated. They were like, yeah, and taking pictures and completely different from the assholes I had to deal with out here in Bangkok at Wat Teplila. So Nicole, she hooked me up with extra money. While we were driving back, the man said, Hey man, can you come in for an interview today? And that guy, if you go to my Instagram right now, right now, you'll see him. It's in the photo. We're both wearing pink. And that's the man on that night when I came back from Korat in 2014. That's the amazing guy that gave me that job. Crazy, right? What a story. And so looking back on everything from the crazy SED days to 2011, then finally moving here to Bangkok and then talking about Tina. Guys, I'm able to piece everything together. And if one of those relationships didn't happen... It would have changed the complete trajectory of my life. And I wouldn't be here standing on this day, right? On the other side of the glass at this beautiful condo in this city, in this country, on this continent. Piece things together to give yourself a peace of mind. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this story. I got to do some more just like them. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.